Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Hello and welcome back to Starting Over Stronger. Thank you again for being here this week to explore how you can find the resources and encouragement you need to make major changes as you go through major life transitions like divorce. And I uh, spoke again a little bit last week about codependency and what that means. I hope you've taken some time over this last week to explore that if you hadn't already, and that you have a pretty good idea of whether or not that is something that you're struggling with. If so, probably a lot of this book that we've been reading is starting to make a little bit more sense for you if it wasn't already. And this week we're going to pick up with chapter 10 and that is going to be the end of my story. And then chapter 11 is going to be the where we talk about how to do pathway to peace journaling. So we'll get into that next week. But for this week, let's go ahead and get started with chapter 10. Chapter 10. Creating a new life I can love from now on. There are still days I wonder how I got here. The writing of this book was a long and sometimes painful review of a former life that often feels like I'm looking at someone else's life. I'm thankful for the detachment from my former unhealed self that has freed me up to be who God created me to be all along. The act of recreating myself was a years-long process. It is still underway and may always be. But at the point where I met Jerry, I was through so much of the deepest heart work. So much I didn't yet know, but I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed to do to attract it too. That ended up being my advantage. Being good at dating is subjective anyway and is rooted in pretense. I wasn't trying to learn how to be a good dater I was meeting new people and enjoying life. I really was not thinking about trying to get into a relationship again that quickly. I was simply being intentional about what I was looking for so I would know when I had found it. And that I did. I walked with intention right into the most unexpected and first unconditional love of my life. It was more difficult than you might imagine, letting myself be loved so well when all I'd ever known was toxic love. It's far from seamless. You question everything. You trust nothing at face value, especially with as quickly as things happened. Meeting him right around one year after I left my marriage, him being only my fifth first date since my divorce, I would often need to replay in my mind the encouragement of my divorce mentor. When you've spent a lifetime in rain and storms, no one has to explain sunshine to you. It doesn't always take years to develop. Sometimes people cross our paths and good things happen when we least expect it. Sometimes our timing is not God's timing. I may have felt as if I wasn't ready, but here it was. It may have felt all too sudden, but I learned that I could trust myself to know what was right for me. Sometimes when you know you know. It really can be that simple. Through all my uncertainties and fears, doubts and questions, Jerry has loved me unconditionally for who I am. He lets me be me. In fact, he doesn't desire to change me. 
He says my rough edges aren't as rough as I think they are and could never change his love for me, even if they were. He cares what I am feeling. He wants to know me more. We have learned together that we don't make each other feel anything. We each feel what we feel, and our care for each other helps heal those hurt spots as we hold space for one another. He is sincerely remorseful when he hurts me. Even though apologies flow easily for him, we often stop and address the fact that apologies do not heal unless we also explore what happened and determine how to better support one another. He and I both genuinely want to understand what we can do to love one another deeper and better. He is a good man who works hard and loves even harder. He is humble. He's a good listener. He loves God and he's not religious, which is exactly what I needed. He hustles to make ends meet with me as we both build our own businesses, me as a realtor and coach and him as a professional photographer and together as real estate investors owning and operating short-term rentals, just like the ones we love to occupy as we travel the U.S. on adventures together. He even cleans the house, helps with laundry and cooks dinner, probably more than me. Okay, definitely more than me. So how did I attract such a perfectly aligned and amazing partner with little to no knowledge about dating? I attracted this relationship into my life with awareness and intention. And that is good news for you. It means you can do it too. Intention begins with awareness, whether focusing on personal or professional life. As a divorce-focused real estate agent, I continued to connect with more and more attorneys, financial advisors, and therapists. I met with so many amazing, exceptional professionals and had such outstanding conversations about the most important decisions people had to make during their divorces, not just about what to do with the house, but every one of dozens of difficult transitions and decisions. The more I had these great dialogues, the more I wished I could bottle up all this collective wisdom and share every word of it with my clients. I came to understand quickly how people going through divorce need so much more help than their real estate. The 2020 new year rang in with a big vision. Everything was starting to click. Life personally and professionally began flowing. Then, like a bubbling river meeting a dam, everything changed. I bet you know what I'm going to say. In February 2020, we began to hear news of a virus. I went from having more active buyers and sellers in real estate than I could keep up with to literally everyone saying some version of, I think we're going to wait and see what happens. Lenders were withdrawing buyers' pre-approval letters because of changes in their jobs. I was not scared of the virus, but what it was doing to my new career was frightening. I fought for a maintenance award that could sustain me while I built my career. It's estimated to take two to five years to stabilize when you are starting out, returning to the workforce, or starting a business. And that's without a pandemic and political uprising. I was now facing both and was doubly thankful for the support to get me through. With more time on my hands with the real estate slowdown, I explored where I was with my career development to ensure I was still on track with what truly fed my soul. What I discovered was eye-opening. As so many times before, I began to feel that gentle nudge. It was time to pull out my journal and start again down my pathway to peace. 
As I wrote each day, what I saw was that I was good at being a real estate agent. I love showing houses, negotiating deals, and advocating for buyers and sellers to make sure their needs are met and their moves are as seamless as possible. Helping people buy and sell their homes has always been an enjoyable endeavor. Yet, as much as I loved many of the aspects of the trade, I had to admit, real estate in and of itself was not my calling. It did not feed my soul. But it had come into my life for a purpose. Real estate found me to lead me to divorce support. It was all about the ways in which I was helping people through the hardest time of their lives. Connecting people with resources, providing ways for people to discover how to do divorce better, It was not about buying or selling a house. How was I going to help people facing divorce? One day while out networking, I discussed my former training in professional writing and communication, all the real estate and divorce efforts I had made, even the ways I'd coached people when it all finally came together. I had the makings of an amazing podcast. What I didn't yet have was any earthly idea how to start or host a podcast that would come later by doing it. Here I was again, falling in love with the opportunities this new life kept giving me. My love of learning combined with the prolonged effects of the shutdowns and my assurance that what truly felt right for me was coaching people. I started creating a podcast and signed up for and completed a certification for divorce coaching. I did not yet know what would develop from these two decisions, but it was the right direction. I was excited about my career again. What has developed over the course of the last few years is a comprehensive umbrella of divorce support services called Starting Over Stronger, a name given to me by God five years ago when I began writing the first draft of this book. That earlier concept of this book would have been much different, and I now realize I was not ready to be able to write it as it needed to have been written. For one, I was still married, and although I loved Pathway to Peace, if I had written it then, I would have only had the before to talk about. I had yet to live out the change, so all I could have told you about then was going to be conceptual, not experiential. So it was going to be a prayer journal. Nothing wrong with a prayer journal, but that wasn't my whole story. Little did I know what it would turn into, my life and this book. God is so good that he even held on to the dot com of this name for all those years. I was able to have the best possible name for my work, my coaching, my support groups, my podcast, my blog, my speaking, my divorce real estate work, and this book. I have the incredible privilege of helping people in all the ways I needed help a few years back. Yet another example of how things come together when we explore our thoughts, feelings, and choices through Pathway to Peace journaling. Yes, real life before and after toxic relationships can be messy. Every part of life, personal and vocational. But hey, sometimes messy can be good. No, there are no perfect days. Recovering from a lifetime of abuse in all its various forms, topped off with a divorce, is not a smooth process. Add an empty nest, adult kids who are navigating the complex emotions of their own childhoods, the tumultuous marriage and divorce of their parents, and their own life decisions, and it will come as no surprise that there are still ups and downs. Starting over again in your mid-40s is tough. 
Navigating all of the above, along with a new career after a lifetime as a full-time homemaker, my first ever new relationship, even a good one, and across the state line move, and the biggest struggle of my faith life. And you have a recipe for some ups and downs. In fact, when I share all the changes I've endured over the last five years of my life, people often remark that they don't know how I did it. In many ways, I don't either. In some ways, some of these major changes can still knock me off my feet from time to time, yet I have been dealing with them. And I have managed to do so with clarity and confidence because I have had Pathway to Peace all along to help me process it well. Now, let's see how you can take your own Pathway to Peace to gain the same clarity and confidence to start living with intention in whatever areas of your life you want to start over stronger. Chapter 11. Mapping Your Own Pathway to Peace Living the life you've always dreamed of begins with intention. Intention begins with awareness. Awareness brings clarity, and clarity gives confidence. If you have the desire to profoundly change your life, you must first gain a higher level of awareness deep awareness of yourself first and foremost, then also the realities of your situation. You must then allow that awareness to fuel the creative process of intention setting. We cannot accidentally stumble into an amazing life we love. We have to create it and attract it. Living the life that I was meant to live was a process and a choice. It did not come easy. It has not been a quick fix. I completely changed my life and transformed my understanding of and experience in this world by first consistently dedicating myself to the practice of journaling. Then I allowed what I learned about my life and myself to inform my intentions and eventually my actions. This memoir was written with a purpose. That purpose is to help you understand the difference the Pathway to Peace journaling practice can make. It was important to me that you and I could first relate as you understand what I've been through to get from where I was to where I wanted to be, where I am now. I needed you to experience enough of my before, during, and after to be fully convinced that Pathway to Peace is worth your time and effort because let's be honest, journaling doesn't come easy for everyone. It may really stretch you, but it can make all the difference if you will choose to let life stretch you. Think about it. Growth requires stretching. As a tree grows, the bark must stretch and adapt to cover a now wider trunk. The branches must utilize new energy to create more leaves for cover. I want you to stretch to achieve the awareness you may not realize you're lacking. I want you to do whatever it takes to discover this awareness because it always precedes the choice to start living with intention, to change your powerlessness into powerful self-awareness, and to actually start making meaningful changes in your life. As long as you believe you can't, you actually can't. This applies to anything. We can only do and accomplish what we believe we can do and accomplish. No one is going to change your life for you. My story is an every woman's story, an every human story. 
If I can completely alter the course of my life, there is no reason under the sun that you cannot do the very same thing, no matter what you are facing. Pathway to Peace led me out of a life that was not my own. Once I awakened to the reality that things were seriously wrong, I still felt lost and powerless for a long time about how to or even if I even could fix or change anything. Pathway to Peace helped me to see what needed changed, and it also allowed me to see what I could do about it. At first, I became increasingly aware of how painful life felt. Pathway to Peace helped me identify the sources of that pain and to explore the remedies in a safe space. I didn't know what I didn't know until I did know. Then, for a long time, I still felt I could not do what needed done to change any of it. It took time exploring to bridge those gaps. I was transforming my pain into awakening. My awakening became awareness. My awareness led to my intention. Then my intention became action. I had no idea Pathway to Peace journaling was making any difference other than giving me a much-needed outlet, but it was. Every single time I journaled, monumental shifts were happening in micro motions. As I reflect on a life and a woman I don't even recognize now, I know she was set free because she adopted a practice of journaling in a whole new way. And now it's your turn. Remember back in chapter one when I tipped you off to go buy a pretty journal? I hope you have it ready. This pathway to peace journaling practice came to life through a Bible verse, but it is important for me to share that if you are not of the Christian faith, I will show you how to use the practice in just as effective a way. To start off, let's revisit the Philippians 4, 6, and 7 passage that birthed this journaling practice. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, New Living Translation. Open your new journal and print your name with today's date inside the title cover or title page. I want you to always remember when you began your pathway to peace. On the first page of the journal, write My Pathway to Peace at the top center as the title for this book. Be as fancy as you want. Below that, write numbers one through four vertically down the page, leaving as much space as you wish, at least several lines in between each number. Beside each number, write the section of the verse indicated below. One unworrying. Don't worry about anything. Two, visualizing. Instead, pray about everything. Three, bridging gaps. Tell God what you need. Four, gratitude. Thank him for all he has done. Now, set this to the side and let's talk through how you will journal each step unworrying. Don't worry about anything. The first part of this practice is to acknowledge that you have worries. 
We all have worries. Be honest with yourself. Many people deny worrying, but the fact is that we all do it. Worry is as kin to the human experience as breathing. The way to address worry is not to deny its existence, but to invite it to rise to the surface so you can look it right in the eye and challenge it to stop lying to you. The only way to not worry about something is to get it out of your head, to unworry it. The secular application of this biblical prescription to not worry is an exercise called unworrying. Here are a couple of ways you can unworry something. First, if you have a big, hairy, giant worry, you take that single worry and write every possible what if and then what all the way to this big worry's worst case scenario. That may seem frightening. Trust me, if it gets that way, it won't end that way. By peeling all the layers of what ifs in your mind, you remove or reduce the fear. You do so by letting your mind explore what each next layer looks like. If this, then that. If that, then what? As you peel these layers, you start to conceptualize how you will handle each. You do this all in your journal as step one. Sheila was the first one to ask me to do this worst case scenario exercise. When I would get to the end of it, she would always remind me, fear is looking to the future with God factored out. Whatever comes down my path, God's already there. I will figure it out. With his help, I always have. Why would this situation be any different? It won't. The second way to approach unworrying is when you have more than one struggle plaguing your brain. On these days, step one is to write every single little and big worry. Get them out of your head. Just brainstorm and simply write every single worrisome thing you can think of. Whichever unworry method you choose, one big one all the way to its worst case scenario, or every single big and little worry, you are ready to move on to step two. Visualizing. Instead, pray about everything. The next step is to turn all the worries into prayers, also described as visualizations of what we desire in each given concern. For example, if the worry I wrote was, how am I going to resolve this argument from last night? The prayer became, God, help me to know my next best step to resolve the issue from last night. Give me the words to bring resolution. If you're not someone who prays, do this instead. Take a few moments on each worry to close your eyes and visualize the outcome you desire. This is a powerful brain booster to add in, even if you do pray to God also. I jokingly like to say God doesn't expect you to not have a brain just because you pray and trust him for the outcomes in your life. He knows you have a brain and he also created the energy in your brain that visualization helps to boost. With each worry, close your eyes and envision the outcome you want. See it in your mind's eye all the way to it's everything is going to be okay conclusion. Then journal what you see. Fix that new outcome in your mind instead of the current worry. That's it. Prayers or visualizations written. At this point in each day's journal, you will have where you are, worries, and where you want to be, prayers and visualizations. The next logical step is how to get from point A to point B. Bridging gaps. Tell God what you need. 
The next line in the passage focuses on what you need to get from where you are to where you want to be. I've always found it a little comical that the Bible suggests I tell God what I need. Um, doesn't he already know what I need? Isn't that supposed to be the other way around where he's telling me what I need? I would feel so much better about that. If he needs me to figure this out, we're in trouble. Seriously, though, I struggled a little with this, but I kept on writing and trusting that the answers would come. Sure enough, they did. What I came to realize over time is that God did not need me to tell him what I needed. He wanted me to discover and acknowledge for myself what he already knew. Another way to look at this is bridging the gaps. Look at each worry in comparison to each visualized outcome, then figure out what potential solutions exist to bridge these gaps. Explore in your journal ways you could get from point A to point B. What obstacles are in your way and how can you navigate around or through them? Now there's one more crucial step on your pathway to peace. Fuel up. Gratitude. Thank him for all he has done. The only way to get from point A to point B is to take the journey. And every journey requires fuel. For this trip toward happiness, success, and peace, gratitude is the high-octane fuel that will get you where you want to be. Take a deep breath. You have done some excellent work. Whether you have spent five minutes or an hour to take the three steps above, you have been on a journey in your mind. Now put everything you have written to rest in your mind for a moment and let's shift into low gear to cruise through all that is good and right in your world. Offer gratitude for all that is good in your life. No matter what struggles we feel overwhelmed by on any given day, we still have many things and people to be grateful for. Even in the exact struggles we have explored in steps one through three, we can find ways to be grateful. If we're struggling with our jobs, we can be thankful we have employment. If we're worrying about the health of a loved one, we can be thankful for our own good health. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Gratitude is the perfect way to conclude this journey because it is the fuel we need to get to our final destination. Peace. If then. Now comes the best part. The promise. Verse 7 starts with one very important word. Then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Philippians 4, 7. New Living Translation. The word then is an important word in the Bible and in the English language. Then is a qualifier. Then always follows if. Even if it does not say if, it is implied. Whatever comes after then is dependent on whatever came before then. If then. If you do not worry, instead pray, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done, then you will experience peace you cannot explain. Unfortunately, the reverse is also true. If not, then not. But here's the good news. If you have a noticeable and concerning lack of peace in your heart and mind, you now know why. Better yet, you know how to fill that void.
If you will invest the time to fill journals with the echoes of your heart and mind through this framework, you will awaken a little more with each written page until finally you will gain the awareness you seek. Give it a try. Now, tonight, tomorrow morning, and every day for a week or two or three, give it a chance to become a habit. Flip to the back of the book for a seven-day sample journal or use your own pretty notebook. In the final chapter, we're going to connect all the dots. You have now read my story and the framework of Pathway to Peace Journaling. Now you will see how the gift of awareness has so much to offer as you write your own story. Well, we're finished up here now with our second to the last reading, and we're going to pick this up again next week on page 203. And I look forward to sharing that with you then. And I am hoping that now that you have a little bit of a glimpse of what the four-part journaling process is that I call Pathway to Peace, that you will, if you have to, go back through and listen to this episode again, uh, just to be able to write all that down if you didn't do it the first time. Um, And of course, if you have your own copy of this book, then you certainly can reference those pages again. We just basically went through page 198 to page 202. That is really the the heart of the Pathway to Peace journaling process. So if you need to reference it, that's the pages that you'll be looking for. And that way you can go ahead and get started trying it. I want you to try it today, tonight, tomorrow morning, uh, as soon as possible in the next 24 hours, sit down and give it a try and see what you think. And then if you would, if you're not already, join me on the Starting Over Stronger After Divorce Facebook group and share your Pathway to Peace experience on the page. If you haven't joined it yet, it's easy to find just by that name, Starting Over Stronger After Divorce. And then there's just a few membership questions that you will need to answer. So we know you're a human and you're someone who belongs in this group. And then you will be um, accepted into the group and you can share your experience with Pathway to Peace, with Starting Over Stronger, with your divorce, with your codependency, whatever it is that you're dealing with. This is an incredible group to put that information out there and seek some encouragement and uh, to learn more about what it is that you're going through and how to get unstuck if you're stuck in that situation. So thank you again for joining me this week. And I will see you again next week for the final starting over stronger, finding a pathway out of codependency to create a new life of peace.